Hey, what's up everybody? This is Austin Haynes with the Waking Justice Project, and this is your daily wake-up call. Here's what the corporatocracy is up to today, October 29th, 2019. You can visit our website at wakingjustice.org for more details. Here are the headlines. Last week, the Jimmy Dore Show did a funny bit about how the corporate-controlled media treats anti-war candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Remember last week when Hillary called Tulsi a Russian asset? Tulsi pushed back hard, calling Hillary Clinton the queen of warmongers. She was referring to Hillary's endless support of, quote, regime change wars throughout her career. In Jimmy's bit, he showed how the CNN reporter asked Tulsi straight-faced, when you say regime change war, what do you mean by that? Of course, most anyone who follows indie journalism knows that the U.S. corporatocracy uses regime change wars to force countries to open their natural resources and banking systems to U.S. corporations. It was a pretty funny bit by Jimmy, but maybe lost in the moment was Tulsi's response that, quote, we're being the world's police in these regime change wars. So what's that mean, that we're being the world's police? Obviously, for some Americans, it means that we're rooting out Russian assets to, quote, make the world safe for democracy, right? But is that what's really going on? There's a lot more to the history between the U.S. and Russia than most of us learned about or currently know about. And the truth of that history is very instructive on how the world works today. To really get it, we have to go all the way back to the turn of the last century, right around World War I. There was a revolution in Russia called the Bolshevik Revolution. Farmers and workers joined together and overthrew the Russian Tsar and the corrupt ruling class elites. In each town, they organized democratically elected councils called Soviets. Their slogan was all power to the Soviets, meaning all power to their new grassroots democracy. Their mission was to nationalize Russian industry, to kick out big corporations like U.S. Steel, International Harvester, and J.P. Morgan that kept all the profits for themselves, and instead create worker-owned banks and factories that paid fair wages and invested in local communities. The early success of the Russian Revolution inspired working-class people the world over in Africa, Central and South America, China, and the Middle East. But it was not well-received in the West. U.S. President Woodrow Wilson called for, quote, a quarantine of the revolt, comparing the working-class revolution to a disease that required containment. And without congressional approval or public knowledge, President Wilson engaged in covert support for the White Army, who was a group of Russian mercenaries supported by the U.S. and its allies to destabilize the new Soviet government. For six years, the White Army terrorized local communities with mass violence, rape, and massacre. 
Hundreds of thousands of citizens were tortured and murdered before the Revolutionary Army was finally able to defeat the White Army. And Wilson had appointed a young U.S. operative named Alan Dulles to help oversee the covert operations. And remember that name. Over the next few decades, Alan Dulles would become a corporate attorney and wealthy Wall Street insider. And after the Second World War, Dulles was appointed by President Truman to design a new agency to be a central clearinghouse for U.S. intelligence gathering. Dulles brought in another Wall Street insider and formed what is now known as the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. From its very inception, the CIA has conducted covert operations specifically to overthrow governments and assassinate leaders that were seeking to root out corporate corruption, nationalize their industries, and take care of their people. Here's just two quick examples. In 1953, the CIA staged a military coup in Iran to overthrow democratically elected Prime Minister Mohammad Mossadegh. Mossadegh had promised Iranians to take back their oil fields that were being plundered by oil company British Petroleum. And in 1954, the CIA staged a coup in Guatemala to overthrow the democratically elected president, Jacobo Arbenz. Arbenz had promised Guatemalans to take back lands appropriated by the United Fruit Company and to fight for fair wages for workers. By the way, Dulles was a shareholder in the United Fruit Company and on their board of directors. Both CIA coups ended farmer and worker-led revolutions in those countries and forced those countries to open their natural resources and banking to plunder by U.S. corporations. And there have been many dozens of such CIA coups in the decades since, all well-documented across Africa, Central and South America, and the Middle East, and all in the name of making the world safe for democracy, but all working covertly to destabilize those countries and basically force those countries into debt slavery. And that's where the IMF and World Bank come in. The CIA destabilizes a country and forces it to defend itself, then uses the corporate media to label it a military dictatorship and convince us to go to war there. And once defeated, the war-torn country is forced to take loans from the US-led IMF or World Bank to rebuild its infrastructure that the US just destroyed. The IMF loans are secured by the country's natural resources, forests, farmlands, oil, and mineral reserves. And new so-called austerity measures are often put into place, such as lowered wages and elimination of safety net programs like universal healthcare. And of course, the contracts for rebuilding the country will go mostly to US corporations and their allies. That is the MO of the US-led corporatocracy. It's the antithesis of President Wilson's big lie about making the world safe for democracy. And it has nothing to do with being the world's police. All it is is barbarism and tyranny to profit the corporate elites. 
We're not trying to distract from the crimes of any other country, including Russia. We're just pointing out the long history of lies by the US-led corporatocracy so we have the full truth. And make no mistake, the elites of this corporatocracy are the very same elites who the recent Princeton study revealed have turned our once representative democracy into a corporate plutocracy. Where now, working class Americans have quote, a near zero statistically non-significant impact on public policy. And where corporate elites want to stop any new policy, there's a 100% chance they'll get their way. Again, that is a quote from a major Princeton University study. So it is beyond delusional to think that we could ever just vote such entrenched and moneyed elites out of power. We have got to wake up. If you want to learn more, about how all of us in the work of global justice can join together to end all of this oppression, warmongering, and corruption, to recover our democracy and to save our planet, please visit our website at wakingjustice.org. You can check out our about page and listen to our first podcast. And if you wanna get involved, please fill out the contact form at the top right of the page. Or you can email us at info at wakingjustice.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're running out of time, y'all. Join us. Peace. You must be involved in the struggle for freedom and justice. Justice is rising and it ain't just us, it's all of us. If it's our love.